Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. I'm Alex Gehring, and I'm in trouble. You're in trouble? Why are you in trouble, Alex? Tell, tell <laughs> the listeners why you're in trouble. Well, so here's here's the thing. There are a lot of people, uh, all, all of them friends uh, that I have in this in this industry, and they're all in their in their like mid forties. Like that's where all of them are. Oh, this is the trouble you're in. Okay, yeah, this sure is which, the trouble. Like I'm three in. different things you could have gone with, and you chose this one. Okay, I chose this, this one. Yeah, yes. Right, let's and, and let's and do so this I, one. I just I had made a comment before we got on about about age, and so that yeah, it got me. It got me in a little bit of trouble, but for um, our female listeners, Alex decided to age me an extra two years when he just pulled a number out of the air to guess how old I was when he compared me to a 90 year old and then said, oh, or, and you just, you know, when you're, when you're just guessing an age of a woman, always, always err on the side of going younger than you think she is. Just like you never ask a woman when she's due if she looks like she might yeah. be pregnant or not. They're very similar things. I go on carnival rules. I was within three years. It's acceptable. I win my money. I mean, what? Have you never worked for a freaking carnival before, Bobby? Are you kidding me? Have you worked for a carnival? I've no. gone to a carnival, but I've not worked for a carnival. <laughs> to be clear, I'm not a carny. I just want <laughs> that to be known out there. Not a carny. That's going to be on my resume from going forward not a um, carny all right alex so i actually will be here the entire time i won't leave wow. to go get my son because he's sick at school because school ended yesterday so i'm home amazing i know right yeah i i went home just a little early yesterday uh-huh. and uh it says charlie charlie had her first t-ball game yesterday oh. which was actually very fun it was it was adorable uh, but it was mostly adorable because i didn't sit in the stands and watch it that okay. would have sucked but i was out on the field and it was, oh, okay. I was, was like yeah, it would have sucked to watch the game i'm like what did yeah. you do <laughs> that doesn't sound like fun but i was i was third base coach oh yeah yeah it okay. was great yeah it did, was, you, did you send him on home keep going kids keep yeah, going go 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 yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you, it was probably more entertaining than watching the the realtors play softball. <laughs> it was probably comparable, uh-huh, like like yeah. in terms of skills. There was oh. a lot of playing in the dirt, you know, which which I feel like that's <gasps> that's probably how uh, mm-hmm. how realtor softball uh, would go. But anyway, my point well, was, I had to go home a little bit early to get Charlie ready for that, and kids were everywhere. These darn kids were just all over the place. And and so, ugh. You don't like children, and yet you're having another one. Yeah, well, I like my yeah. children. Oh, just yours, not I the other one. I just don't like bevies of children. Bevies. Bevies of children. I like that. That's yeah, lovely. That. Also, you brought up something interesting, though. You did bring up the realtor softball game, which I believe that by the time this episode comes out, the ball game will be two weeks after that. You ready? Are we on the same team? Or are we on different teams? Who's team I'm on you? I'm on Kyle's team. Oh, so we are opposing sides. Oh man. Mm. I'm the closers. And actually I was the closers last year, so I get to wear the same shirt again. Well, which I was the closers last year too. Yeah, and you switched teams. The home runners uh liked to cover up the C and make it the losers after they did so. and so now you're gonna take that over to there and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna I'm call not, us losers no i'm bigger, bigger than that i'm bigger than that are you yeah of course i wouldn't do that to you guys mm. 
Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't think we're going to have Kenny Parcell back to help play for both teams. We did <laughs> That's going to be rough. That's going to be rough. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, not having Kenny is going to be, is going to be a trick for both teams, I think, but yeah. Cause I mean, really he could have just played the entire game just by himself. He could have just pitched himself and then got it hit. I've and been then... working out, you know, I've got, I can, I've been, I've got the, I'll, I've been working out to try to be able to take Kenny's place for, okay. for our side though. Yeah. You so are you going to do the race then, or will you be ketchup, mustard or relish, or are you just, you know, that's the kind of training you're doing, or you're just making sure that you're going to get the game going well. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Now, see how you're like, now I'm scared. Don't, yeah. I'm just telling you. Okay. Not, I don't <laughs> want to do anything at all other than I, I, I like to hit and run mm, and hit and run. Okay. So you just want to be a designated hitter. You don't want to actually go out and like field on the defensive side. You just want to be offense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'll do whatever coach Kyle tells me to do. Ooh, Kyle is going to use that against you. Just so That's you know, funny. I mean, we both know Kyle. So, um, and, and by the way, if any of our listeners are going to be participating in the softball game and someone tries to wrangle you into doing the um, racing as ketchup, mustard, or relish, know this, the relish costume hangs much longer than the mustard or the ketchup. So you don't have full range of your legs like the other two costumes do, which has a tendency to slow you down. Just, just gonna throw that out there. I'm not using that as my excuse that I lost last year because the other two people were clearly faster than me. And there was the issue with the costume that it does hang lower. Like yeah. it hangs below your knees. So you can't really get your legs out and going. You all just really missed an amazing animation from me with my arms and running. That was great. <laughs> so speaking of, so you say costume. So, and sorry, this is coming back to last night's uh, T-ball. I'm excited. We're staying full yeah. softball here. I like so, it. T-ball. So I struggle to not say, and, and it happened like three times yesterday when I was referring to Charlie's practices mm -hmm. and I called them rehearsals. Oh. <laughs> I cannot stop. There isn't anything I could do. So it's, it's so bad. So I'm like, remember what they, what they told you to do at rehearsal, honey. And I'm like, and I'm like in front of all these kids, I go, ah, practice, practice. It happened. It happened two times after that. Um, so anyway, I, mm -hmm. I, am that dad, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, the other dads are like, Ooh, rehearsals. rehearsal. Rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, that's that would be no, your yeah. musical history is not catching up with you in sports ball now. That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, between costumes and mm -hmm. rehearsals, it's going to be quite a softball game. Yes. But everyone should come out and join us June 28th. Celebrity, and I say that in air quotes, celebrity softball game with your favorite KCRR celebrities, which we are not celebrities. Yeah, it's a stretch. Just FYI, that is not us. It's a stretch. Yeah. All right. Well, what are we talking about today? I mean, there's a lot of buzzwords in the industry these days. Yep, there are. There's always buzzwords out there, but but there's one that's I think kind of kind of serious right now. Yeah, I'm, it's all the I'm rage. excited because the last couple of conferences I've gone to, we've had a dedicated speaker on this topic because it's so important and it's what everybody's talking about. So we're gonna bring on. NAR's Director of Emerging Technology, Dave Conroy, and he's going to talk to us about ChatGPT. How it is we're going to be using it, 
what pitfalls we need to avoid because there's some scary stuff out there with the chat GPT and the AIs. That's true. We've had and 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 I'm not saying anything negative about it because it is important and it's an important discussion. We've had lots and lots of discussion about chat GP and not a whole lot of discussion about affordable housing and not a whole lot of discussion mm -hmm. about housing availability or construction or anything else. We love yeah. to talk about chat GPT, but but anyway, so there's that. <laughs> You just well, felt the need to insert that. That is random. me to comment about it at NAR midyear. We have no no discussion for we're there for five days, and we didn't have a single discussion about housing affordability that I that I know of or that I was around for, which is shocking to me. Hmm. Am I crazy? Was there one that I missed? Well, I mean. Lawrence Yoon's session went in a little bit about what's going on in the economy itself and what he sees things doing. And then the home builder uh, economist, he talked about the you know economics of building homes and what was going on there. But yeah, there was nothing dedicated to how we can create more affordable housing and doing all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. so all right. Well, before our guest comes day. on, guess what I have? Oh, do you have a book bit? I do. Shocking, I know. Do 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 do. Bobby's book bit. Casey. So my book bit for today is Kaizen. Um, it's a book by uh, Sarah Harvey, and Kaizen is a Japanese word for change for the better or continuous improvement. And this was really um, initially a business philosophy that has turned into a personal growth arena to have a clear pathway for reaching your goals through consistent incremental change. And so the quote from the book is, Kaizen is useful for anybody wishing to change their routine. Rather than making any scary leaps into the dark, it's about stepping back and analyzing your current habits, deciding what you could improve in your existing life, or thinking of new changes you could start, putting them into place, <clears throat> a plan to change in very small incremental stages, because uh, Kaizen means slow, tiny, consistent movement forward. And so my three lessons from this book, and I really, really enjoyed this book, was lesson one, incremental growth is what Kaizen is all about. And you can start by using it today by just analyzing your habits. Um, Kaizen was originally, like I said, a business philosophy. And it started when the U.S. wanted to help Japan uh, restart its economy after World War II. Um, and to take advantage of the power of change, you have to start with your habits. Your brain is making habits always as a way to save power on those repeated tasks that you do over and over again, because that preserves your mental energy for bigger and tougher tasks. But with doing that, you may form unwanted tasks or unwanted habits along the way. And this is why you start by interrogating the current habits you have to take inventory of where your life is. And so then lesson two, the next step to that is to make your first step so hard or so, so hard, so small that you barely even notice it. And they talk in the book about the uh, British cycling team. And for decades, they were like the worst team in the Olympics. Like they just were horrible, the cycling team um, in Britain. And so what they did is they scrutinized every single component of cycling from their bikes to their nutrition to everything that they were doing. And they made these little bitty, what they called small 1% improvements. And then they went on to win the Olympics in 2008 and 2012 for cycling, just by making these small incremental changes. And it talks about that small changes like these usually, um, 
<clears throat> aren't usually easy enough to make because we don't see those instant results. But it talks about like if you want to start eating better, a small incremental change could just be making sure you have one vegetable on your plate at dinner every night. And then once you get into the habit of that, then you can slowly add on another one. A lot of people can't just go make big life changes. So just small little ones will add up over time. And then finally, lesson three, review your habits regularly to track your progress and keep yourself moving forward because your progress can motivate you to keep going and show you additional areas where you can improve. So you can create your own journaling method to track your goals, whether that's bullet journaling, whether it's a scoreboard, whatever it is, but just keep tracking your goals and where you are in relation to it. So that is Heisen by Sarah Harvey. Ta-da! Good book bit, Bobby. It wasn't too bad. It was so, I enjoyed the book. There's a, there's a lot of habits books out there. There are, and they all start to overlap, but they all have like a different little yeah. bitty way that they focus on it. So, exactly. and that's really when we talk about change, it, it really is your habits. And sometimes, and I, I would also say that you kind of need to have different perspectives on habits because mm -hmm. it feels like you, something like you might read Atomic Habits and then mm -hmm. uh, the things that you learn in Atomic Habits sound great. And then they'd stop working for you all of a sudden. And you need to look at it in a different way. And then it all clicks back together again. But it's until nice it doesn't to... work and you find another way. Yeah, yeah what well, works, still, it all still works. But yeah. it just, you need like a, you, you need something different. different. Yep. And I bet our guest is here and we probably should go get Dave and bring him in. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gary, and I've got Bobby Howe as well. And Bobby and I have David Conroy back with us. Or not back with us. I don't know, David, have you been with us before? I don't think so. First time, but long time. I feel time. like we've had the NAR Director of Emerging Technology here with us before, haven't we? Well, that was back when it was Nobu a long time. Yeah, it was a long time ago. How long have you been in this role, David? So uh, I've been at NER uh, for about five or six years, but I've been in real estate uh, for about 14. I got my start at the Massachusetts State Association of Realtors. But yeah, I've been studying emerging tech my, my whole life. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Exciting. Well, I, we're excited to talk to you a little bit about ChatGPT today, which is a huge buzzword in the industry and across the entire world right now. Um, and uh, there's a lot of fear surrounding it and a lot of excitement surrounding it. Um, and so I'm excited to hear uh, what you and maybe what the National Association of Realtors uh, thinks about this emerging technology. So thanks for being with us today. No, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, so like I said before, I've been researching technology essentially my, my whole life. You know, I'm a com computer science uh, graduate. And I'm a software engineer. And I just my entire life, I knew I was going to be focused on technology. And I have done so for the past 20 years. And I've got to say, uh, I, I come across a lot of like trends like this that can be considered hype, you know, the past couple of years with crypto and the metaverse. Uh, and I've had, I had my doubts with those and I think um, rightly so. But with what we're seeing here with ChatGPT, I think parts of it might actually live up to the hype. I feel like we're, um, I haven't felt this way since like the release of the iPhone. I feel like we're experiencing this, uh, this revolution, but recognizing, recognizing it in real time. It just, uh, it couldn't be more exciting time to be a tech researcher. So, so Dave, for those who do not know, can you give us a basic explanation? For those who've been living under a rock for the last year, can you give us a basic explanation of what chat GPT is? Sure. Uh, so chat GPT is a, um, 
as an example of generative AI, maybe we'll take a, a, a step back. Uh, so what generative AI is, is or general, uh, generative artificial intelligence is, uh, it's an example of deep learning. Uh, and uh, what happens is you provide these, um, these models with instructions or prompts and they will generate new and original content. That could be images, that could be text. We're starting to see audio and video now. Uh, essentially, the, the new wave of tools that realtors are gonna be using are all gonna be assisted by AI. And that's uh, one example is ChatGPT, which helps you with uh, conversationally, but there'll be all sorts of other AI tools uh, under the umbrella of generative AI uh, that's just gonna have a major impact on business. So what does GPT stand for? Just really quick. So the, yeah, so there, those, it's general pre-trained transformers. It's more of like a, uh, you know, the, the computer science uh, technical explanation of it would be that they're pre-trained transformers. Essentially what it allows it to do uh, is to do, you know, predictive text. Kind of like, you know, you're, if you've used Gmail or Outlook, it's able to kind of finish your sentences these days. That's powered by GPTs. Uh, another another term, uh, if, if we were trying to get technical about these, um, what Google is releasing and what uh, Microsoft and OpenAI are releasing, they're all called uh, large language models. But essentially, they allow the um, uh, the experience that you get with ChatGPT, which is like having a um, a uh, hyper intelligent uh, personal assistant at your fingertips. It's, it's quite and remarkable. Again, assuming people have been living under a rock, like Bobby said, can you just explain the difference then between like Siri and a language learning model. Is that what it's called? An LLM? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Okay. Explain the difference between the two. You got it. So, uh, so I would still consider Siri or an Alexa um, an example of artificial intelligence. Um, those would use different parts of that of, of that science. You know, for example, um, the the ability to uh, interpret speech, uh, do text to speech, and uh, uh, do uh, voice recognition. Uh, and yeah, those have been around 10, 15, 20 years or so. Um, again, like really what the, the big game changer between like say what I would, what was Siri and ChatGPT uh, is again, like the, uh, these, these new models are able to come up with uh, unique, uh, unique pieces of content uh, based off simple instructions. Um, so I, I feel like with, with Siri and Alexa, it's kind of just like, um, you know, an extension of like a, a Google search, you know, you, you um, you're able to use your voice to uh, just kind of take place on the keyboard with with chat GPT. It's like a, a whole extra level of intelligence. So, so Dave, what are some ways that agents are currently using this new technology in their business? Sure. So the, there are two ways, uh, two main ways where I'm seeing uh, realtors use generative AI. Uh, and the first is with images. So uh, you know, many of your listeners today, uh, they might have joined today because they've heard the hype around chat GPT. Uh, but again, I'd like to just hammer home that the really the, the larger um, parent technology of generative AI uh, um, is going to have a major impact on them. Uh, so not only can you use these um, these new artificial intelligence tools to do conversations, but you can do things like uh, edit images, you can do renovation previews, um, you can do listing photo modifications, you can have... Um, uh, you can have uh, assisted listing creation. Um, there's, there's, I, I could probably uh, name 20 different ways a realtor could use this uh, type of generative AI. Um, but yeah, it's more than just chat GPT, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So talk to us about the uh, image generating uh, platforms that are out there. 
Um, there's one, I, I, the name is escaping me. What's mm -hmm. that called? The, the probably the biggest one that people are using. So there's Dolly too and Mid Journey are the, are Mid -Journey, the biggest. Ones. That's the one I'm thinking of. Okay, okay. Let's talk really quickly about copyright because that's one of the things that people were really excited about initially. Uh, was you know we've got all of this discussion about uh, copywriting images and and intellectual property like that. Um, when we're talking about uh, something like Mid Journey, um, do we own those images once we have Mid Journey create them? Uh, that's a great question. You really like dialed into the, the, the root of the discussion there. So um, the answer is, like, I'm going to sound like a lawyer here instead of a uh, tech researcher. The answer is it depends. Uh, so the, I, I can give you a couple examples. Uh, so last summer, uh, a woman used uh, these generative AI tools to uh, create a comic book, uh, including all of the, um, the storyline as well as the images associated with it. Uh, so she created that using these tools and submitted it to the uh, copyright office, and she was granted copyright on those materials. Uh, but then that, that woman took to social media and was claiming, uh, you know, I am the first person in the U.S. to uh, have obtained copyright for artificially intelligent uh, AI-generated work. Uh, and that got back to the copyright office. So they ended up repealing uh, the copyright. Wow. Uh, but, but, but since then, uh, there have been a few cases where... Um, if you've played around with these tools, you, you, you realize that, you know, creating the instructions for the machines is, is a bit of, uh, uh, it could be a bit of an art in itself. Mm -hmm. So now the, uh, the, the copyright office is saying, if there is significant enough human involvement in the generating of the prompts that, that result in the output from AI, that may be copyrightable. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's yet, yet to be seen. Uh, when, when it comes to realtors using these tools, uh, one area that is actually a high cost, high liability uh, area for, for realtors and brokers is stock photos. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you, if you're purchasing them outright, they can be very expensive. Uh, if, if, so, if you or someone on your team accidentally uses them out of license, it can be even more expensive uh, for things like uh, photos of homes and neighborhoods. Uh, what I'm seeing now is uh, a lot of people using generative AI to create uh, uh, what would normally be stock photos. These could be pictures of houses, these could be uh, marketing material, this could be stuff for social media or for blogs. Um, and that's a great way of, while you don't get copyright of what you've created, you don't have to worry about using something out of license. Sure. You know, it's funny, we talk about the, the photos and it was, what was it like a month ago, Alex, that it was like everybody on Facebook was spending the $17 oh. or whatever it was. and got like the hundred photos of all of that. What are some ways that agents need to be careful with using this technology, even past the copyrights? Um, what are just some ways we need to be careful with what we're doing? Sure, great question. Uh, so while these tools are fantastic, and again, like the most mind-blowing technology that I've seen in the past 10 years, uh, it's important to know that they, um, any content that's generated by these tools needs to be reviewed by a professional. Uh, one common example that you uh, will see if you um, if you look into uh, use cases for agents and ChatGPT is uh, writing listing descriptions. Uh, and I, I've tested that um, significantly over the past uh, few months. And there have been certain occasions where the large language model or, Ch or ChatGPT will generate a description that inadvertently uh, violates fair housing laws. Right. It'll say things like, uh, now this neighborhood is perfect for young professionals. Uh, and it doesn't realize that, um, you know, certain advertising or, or certain descriptions of properties um, 
it could be discriminatory. Mm-hmm. So um, why, again, that these things, my main recommendation if I'm a realtor looking at this technology is use it as a muse, right? If you're looking to get, um, if you're having trouble with any creative task or, or you're looking to get started on uh, on something, just ChatGPT is great as a muse. But again, everything has to be reviewed because uh, if you just set it and forget it and you let these tools you know, take over your social media, um, it's, it's going to be trouble in the long run. One of the things that I've had fun with is is writing, uh, using it to write property descriptions, and then uh, asking it uh, if there are any fair housing violations in the description that it wrote. Oh. And it's so interesting because it can't avoid writing uh, the uh, the with with violations, but it can identify the violations after it wrote it. It's 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 really interesting. I don't know I don't know what's up with that. But it's it's been kind of a fun exercise to to demo for my agents because they that shows them that, oh, yeah, this thing knows that these things aren't right necessarily, but it can't recognize that in the moment. So even the tool itself knows that these things are issues. Um, uh, But anyway, I I have had people asking ChatGPT to identify fair housing violations um, in its own work uh, just to make sure that those things are corrected. Um, it's just yeah, such an it, it is technology. funny. Yeah, when you when you're using it and it ma- uh, makes mistakes and you call it out and it's like, oh, sorry, you're correct. I did make a mistake here. It's uh, it is wild. It's like you're uh, talking to a real person almost sometimes. It is. Yeah, something Alex and I have talked about. Um, I believe I believe we've talked about this, Alex. Um, is the AI technology where basically you can record a voice and then pick a celebrity to say those voices. And their words are moving. We used an example with my 10-year-old used it with, um, we, we were down in Cancun at NAR President's Circle and my son didn't want to go to something and he used a Donald Trump video to say, I didn't want, I don't want to go to that party with the 100 grandmas and have them loving on me. <laughs> it was hilarious, by the way. It's just horrible. But there are some people that can use this in a bad way to make us think that someone's saying something that they didn't actually say. That's, I believe, the conversation that you and I have had before, Alex. So how can people know that what they're seeing is something that's actually happened or that that person actually said those words? Yeah, so I think uh, what you're referring to there are uh, deep fakes. And yeah, they have gotten very convincing and it's going to be a very interesting uh, election cycle coming up now with how easy it is to, to create that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> You're right. The The cost of generating spam and junk and misleading information, the cost of that is going to zero. So uh, what I think that means for real estate professionals is um, they should be focusing on the uh, and putting emphasis on the relationship they have with their client, because we've seen ChatGPT write blogs and listening descriptions and the amount of content and junk that's going to be generated by those tools, uh, it's going to be a, a wave of spam. And where I think realtors can really set themselves apart uh, is, uh, you know, with the relationship, uh, it's going to be very difficult to know how to trust. So that's why having a, a, a real solid relationship with a realtor professional uh, will be the difference maker in the future. So let's talk just a little bit. I don't want to get like too like woo woo here, but let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the large, you know, broad problems and concerns that some people feel uh, regarding uh, artificial intelligence like this at this level. You've got a lot of talk about 
um, and, and you know, media runs wild with this kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of talk about how uh, risky this could be. Uh, you had mentioned uh, in terms of our elections, uh, but uh, also just our, our own mental health, uh, the way that we uh, perceive the world, um, and this technology's ability to manipulate the masses into um, either believing certain things or even doing certain things uh, that could cause immense harm. So, do you have some some words of um, encouragement or or perhaps of caution or or maybe a blend of the two uh for realtors that maybe feel conflicted ethically in utilizing this technology that's a, that's a great question um yeah I, I think um i think the question i would put back to agents is, uh and brokers is you know if we are using these tools to generate content do we have any responsibility to to, to disclose that sort of thing um and and what and to, to your uh, to your broader question about uh, you know addressing some of the fears, I think uh, it's right to be cautious with this technology. It is that powerful. Where um, if we aren't careful uh, about uh, transparency and how their algorithms are written, uh, if we aren't careful uh, about uh, the bias uh, uh, to to ensure that there's no bias in the data that it's trained upon, uh, we will be creating these uh, machines that could have uh, you know adverse effects on. Uh, on the country and, and, and the industry. So uh, it's, it's, you're completely in the right to be cautious of this. It, is, uh, it does kind of feel like Skynet sometimes in Terminator 2, but uh, with the efficiency gains we can get from it uh, and, and you know some of the applications that we haven't even dreamed up yet from this technology, uh, I wouldn't say just you know duck your head in the sand and avoid it. Uh, I would again, just uh, stay educated on it uh, use it cautiously, always review it. And, um, if used properly, it can give you an advantage in your business. We've talked about the cautions and the things we need to be aware of. And there seems to be two camps of people like there are everything when a new technology emerges, those who rush towards it and start immediately using it. And those who say, I'm never going to touch that, but I'm still curious about it. So for those that are curious, what's a good, easy way for them to start so that it doesn't feel overwhelming and that they're not really sure what they're venturing into? How would you go about getting those kind of people started? Sure. Uh, and you're, you're totally right about those two camps when new emerging technology comes out. Uh, a quick uh, uh, update on the size of those camps. Um, so chat GPT, uh, it actually... Um, the adoption of it has been uh, incredible. They actually had over um, 100 million users in their first five days, or over a million users in the first five days. That took Netflix um, four years. It took Facebook 10 months. It was ac accessed by over a million people in the first five days. So the adoption of this is is crazy. Uh, if I was trying to give tips to a realtor how to, uh, how to get started with this, um, I would just say next time you go to uh, type something into Google, uh, instead, go to chat.openai.com and put your question or your search in there instead and just see what you get back. It's uh, it's a, it's subtle, but it's uh, I do believe in the future, these large language models and chatbots will change how people search on the web. Uh, that could be regular Google searches. That could be property searches as well. Uh, but essentially, the next time you have a question, the next time you want to look something up um, on, uh, on the Internet, I would suggest starting with the chatbot first. Uh, other other things you could do, uh, you could be writing an email and you want to make sure it comes across professionally. You could add your email in there and have it edited. Uh, you could um, 
you know, there, there's, there's, there's so many different things you can do to get started. Um, yeah, I, I would have it review one of your emails before you send it and just see the type of feedback uh, you're able to get back. I actually like that idea. That's a really good idea. Alex, what do you got? I, I liked using uh, the Canva tools. They're kind of dumbed down chat GPT and really dumbed down mid journey. Uh, you know, instead of, uh, you know, mid journey has a habit of giving people like six and a half fingers. And, you know, if you use Canva's version of, of uh, uh, image generating, you know, they've got like nine and a half. So, so they're about two fingers off. Uh, but but I do feel like uh, the Canva tools have been a really easy introduction for a lot of real estate professionals just because a lot of them already use Canva. Um, and so that's been kind of the way that I've introduced people, but it isn't as good. It just isn't. Uh, it's right. a very dumbed down version of it. You know, what's kind of interesting is that even um, for those uh, who are um, a little wary of this technology and might not want to be first adopters, uh, because the company that created ChatGPT, uh, OpenAI, uh, Microsoft recently invested $10 billion into that company. Um, so those tools are just going to start showing up in your daily life, whether you like it or not. Um, in the future, all the software you use will be assisted by, by AI. Um, Imagine the spreadsheet analytics, like that's where it's going to be at. That's that's actually one of the thing, first things that got me like really excited about it. Uh, so cool. Someone ha someone had a list of customers or uh, uh, a list of uh, wedding attendees. You know, they had their name in a spreadsheet and what their gift was. And then they use a chat GPT plugin that said, write a thank you note uh, for all of these people. And they used to drag down and it wrote 10 different thank you notes that address the person, address the gift. And all of a sudden this person has their... Um, I guess you could call it customer service uh, or customer appreciation taken care of. Uh, one unique, of, unique. One of my predictions is that CRMs are going to really struggle because mm -hmm. I think that AI integration into spreadsheets could turn into something that's almost more powerful than a lot of the most expensive CRMs that are out there. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, uh, lead generation, lead scoring, uh, even initial. Um, uh, you know, qualification of leads when you come in, like the, there's a future where consumers, uh, before they even speak to a broker, they're being screened by, by a chatbot and they might not even know. Amazing stuff. Well, David, uh, we appreciate you being here. Bobby always has one last question that she asks. That's sometimes the most important question. I actually added a conference yesterday and it threw all the panelists off. And I was like, okay, you're never coming on my podcast. Any of you, um, <laughs> Seriously, I said that on stage. Um, my, my last question that I ask is, what else? What else should we have asked you? What else do you want our listeners to know? It's open for you. Sure. Uh, one last thing we didn't uh, we didn't touch on that I think is uh, pretty interesting with ChatGPT. Um, the when it was first released, you know, not not too long ago, um, it, it wasn't connected to the internet, and it was trained on data from 20 and 21 and before. So it, it kind of came out of the box with all of these limitations. Uh, but recently, uh, you know, they've added uh, APIs, so software developers can connect to it automatically. Uh, and they've also added these things called extensions. Um, it's essentially like a, a plugin for the software. So now not only can ChatGPT help you with a listing description or, or uh, you know, crafting an offer letter or a customer service letter, uh, it can also now directly tie into real estate data. So uh, Redfin, Zillow, Realtor.com, they're all working on extensions where now you can um, get neighborhood recommendations, property recommendations, uh, 
the affordability recommendations right in the, this new way of searching and it's getting fed directly with live listing data. So um, if, if you've tried ChatGPT uh, and you like it for your you know, writing newsletters or blogs or social media posts, uh, I recommend you sign up for extensions because now that we can connect uh, you know, that content generation with accurate uh, data from uh, the real estate market, uh, I think you could do some amazing things with that. And the first people to figure that out will have a massive competitive edge over their competition. Awesome. Thank you for your time today, Dave. We really appreciate you being here with us and just taking some time to walk us through the basics of generative AI and all the possible applications we'll have going forward. Thank you so much for having me.